Amen. Let's give all the praise and worship leaders a big hand clap of appreciation. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. Uh, well, we're happy to see everybody here on Monday night. It's good to be here in church on Monday night. Some of y'all drove a little ways. Thank you for coming over. And uh, all the pastors or preachers, maybe y'all could uh, stand up or something, pastors and preachers. Give them all a big hand. Thank all the pastors and preachers and ministers. Thank all of you, all of you for being here. We're very blessed to have you here. Praise the Lord. I think the pastor's got some uh, soup and salad for all the preachers afterwards. And if you're not a preacher, if you just hang around, you'll get some stuff anyway. Just come over there. If you've ever witnessed anybody, uh, go ahead and come back there and eat with us. Um, we got plenty of food. Amen. If you ever said hallelujah in church, yeah, that'll qualify you right there. Uh, we got a few books and stuff back there, and uh, my friend Pastor Joey from Texas came all the way to Florida with me, and thank you for being here, Joey. And so uh, we want to, all the books and stuff are half price while we're here. If you cannot afford to get a book or something, just get you a free book. And if you get a free book, you have to read it within two weeks, or the fleas of a thousand camels will infest your armpit. So... You have to read it, amen, because even though you didn't pay for it, somebody did, right? So this is one of our favorite books called The Holy Spirit is a Genius. If you'll listen to him, he'll make you look smart. That actually came from my dad. My dad pastored a church for, oh, well, he pastored for over 50 years, one church for almost 50. And uh, so one of the things he liked to talk about is the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit's a genius. If you listen to him, he'll make you look smart. If you don't listen to him, you're going to look, you know, kind of the way you always do. But if you listen to the Holy Spirit, you're going to look different. Amen. <laughs> so uh, let me give that book to somebody here. Uh, well, Joey, give it somebody that looks like they uh, are smart, maybe already. You know. uh, this book here is called uh, How to Receive God's Extravagant Generosity. How to Receive. And uh, how to have a whopper of a harvest. Uh, if you will get addicted to giving, God will support your habit. Uh, giving and receiving. So, man, uh, these are the laws, spiritual laws of the kingdom of God, of, of God's blessing and financial blessing in your life. So, I started studying as a young man uh, the laws of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. And uh, learn how to, uh, people say, well, money don't grow on trees. I said, well, it does if you plant it. <laughs> In other words, how to farm. You can farm any because it's sowing and uh, reaping a harvest. How to reap the harvest. So you got to be involved in both the sowing and the reaping. Amen. And uh, give that to somebody that looks like uh, they like to give and receive. Uh, this is a new book that we have called How to Feed Your Faith or Feed Your Faith. Um, this is uh, 50 years, 50 years of quotes. So we've got about 20 different books that we've written over the years and working on a new book right now. But this is the 50 years of quotes. So sometimes you don't have to read like the whole book. You just read that one chapter and you get the best quotes out of it. And so you can read that for three minutes and just light your, light your faith on fire. I've got a good one right here. It says, uh, since unbelief is curable, there's nothing that is incurable. Did y'all know unbelief is curable? Yeah, two kinds of unbelief, and you can cure it. And if unbelief is curable, because Jesus said, uh, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. So if unbelief is curable, what? Nothing's incurable. 
Come on, no matter what kind of mountain or situation, uh, what looks impossible, if you can dare to believe God, amen, believe the word of God, uh, mountains will have to move, amen. And so this is back there and uh, quotes we got on faith, confession, on identification, who you are in Christ, righteousness, the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. So this is, gives you a 50 year look into some of the uh, favorite quotes that have, uh, we've come up with, and most of them are ours. Uh, this book is one of my favorite books. This is on the Ephesians 1 prayer. It's called Revolutionary Revelation. Uh, I'd say the Ephesians 1 prayer, see our friends back on the back row. The Ephesians 1 prayer, I would say, uh, you know, you've got the Lord's prayer, right? Everybody knows the Lord's prayer. Well, that's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But uh, in Ephesians, you have the Lord's prayer post-resurrection. All right, let's try it one more time. In other words, something happened on the cross and the death and resurrection of Christ that literally changed everything and brought in a whole new covenant. So now you have the Lord's Prayer in the New Testament is in Ephesians chapter 1. Oh, thank you for your enthusiasm there. So, yeah, give that to somebody back there because everybody's talking, we need to pray the Lord's Prayer. So, well, I'll tell you where it is in the New Testament. It's in Ephesians chapter 1. All right. Oh, we got another one of these. Holy Spirit's a genius. I don't know what came up with that, but apparently somebody uh, could use the smarts from the Holy Spirit. Let's see if that lady in the middle right there is here waving her hand there. There you go. And then this is a pastor. Uh, he said this is his favorite book called The Bloodline of a Champion. The bloodline of a champion. So every chapter is on the blood of Jesus. And I have to tell you, I mean, uh, years ago, uh, me and Trenner were walking through an airport and she saw a book in the airport bookstore on the blood of Jesus by uh, Andrew Murray. Now, the power of the blood of Jesus, or the blood of Christ, something like that by Andrew Murray. So she uh, said, well, let's buy this book. And I, and I, you know, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. I was like, I'm not going to buy that book. I was raised in church. You think I don't know about the blood of Jesus? I mean, my mama, my daddy, we know about the blood of Jesus for, you know, what do you know? I ain't buying the book. She said, well, I want the book. I said, well, you buy it, read it, underline the best parts, and I'll look at the highlights. So, so she's a real studier in the family, actually. So, so she bought the book and, and uh, set it by my recliner chair, and I started reading, I thought, I must have forgotten a lot about the blood of Jesus, man. And so I started studying it, and I started going, wow. And so this book came out of me taking another look at the blood of Jesus and having faith in the blood, how to apply the blood and the benefits of the blood and being blood-blessed. Blood bless. And so this is one of our favorite books on the blood. And wow, I'll just start talking about it. preach on it tonight. No telling what I'll do there. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, we're going to go ahead and receive the offering this evening. So if you would take an offering envelope, the ushers are right here in the aisle and they've got some envelopes. So everybody take one. If you're going to make out a check tonight you on the envelope, you can make the check to Mark Hankins Ministries, uh, MHM. You can make it to Mark Hankins Ministries. You can give by cash, check, or credit card. If you look up here on the screen, there's a bunch of ways you can give. You can give online. You can use the envelope and give by cash or you can give a check uh, or credit card on the envelope or you can actually text to give. There's so many ways you can give. You actually just leave your car in the parking lot. We'll sell it and use the money for mission. So <laughs> however you want to give. Uh, but we greatly appreciate all of your giving to the ministry. Uh, what we do constantly is preach the gospel, not only uh, where we're at, 
Uh, but we're on uh, the Victory Television Network five days a week. We're on the Word Network five days a week. How many have ever seen the Victory Network TV on the Direct TV or Victory of uh, the Word Network? And so I went on the Word Network, uh, which is uh, really has a great coverage on Direct TV. And so uh, I started, you know, kind of complaining to the Lord about how much it costs me every month. And so it costs to produce the programs. And then we have a team that produce them. Then they send out and uh, get the get all the stuff together so it's ready for the TV station. So you've got a, several things going. So it costs quite a bit of money just to produce the program, the TV cameras and all that stuff. And so uh, we're fixing to get some new cameras uh, right away. So that that uh, is a nice little uh, chunk of money. But the Lord is really good at chunk of money, isn't he? Amen. So we went out preaching the word on the different TV networks and started growing, multiplying. But on the word network, I started kind of complaining to the Lord. I said, Lord, uh, you know, this costs me a lot of money every month in case, uh, in case you can't count, let me uh, explain it to you. And, uh, and so, uh, the Lord said, well, I can, I can handle it. And so we had one, one pastor from New Jersey I'd never met before. He started watching the TV program on the word network and he ended up sending me a uh, million dollars. He started off at a hundred thousand, then gave another hundred thousand, gave another hundred thousand, gave another hundred thousand. So he's like, I'm so thankful for the word I'm getting on the word network. He said, and he just finally got up to a million dollars and he's still a partner uh, today. So uh, whatever you do for the Lord, I believe he can afford it. How many think he can afford it? And so whatever you part you have, whether it's large or small, it all helps us to get the word out. Uh, plus we're going to uh, Nigeria. We just came from Istanbul, Turkey and had great meetings there for Iran, Iraq. Afghanistan and our books are being distributed there and now to uh, Nigeria, then next to Bogota, Colombia. All of our books are translated in Spanish and we'll have pastors from 20 different Spanish speaking countries at the meeting in Bogota. So the word is working. So when you give, you're just kind of partnering together with that word being preached. Amen. So use the envelope and let me give you a scripture here and then we're going to give and act like the Bible's true. All right. You ready? All right. Second uh, Corinthians chapter eight. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse seven. Because both of these chapters, Second Corinthians chapter eight and nine, are strictly about being a believer, spirit-filled believer, but also being a giver. Not just being a giver, but being a receiver. How you give and receive. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, uh, Paul talks to these believers and he says, As you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and diligence and your love does, see that you abound in this grace also. So what he's saying is, you as a believer, spirit for a believer, you abound in your faith, you abound in your preaching and your teaching, you abound in your knowledge. He said, now see that you abound in this grace also. Anybody want to know what grace he's talking about there? He's talking about the grace of giving, but not just the grace of giving. He's talking about the grace of giving and receiving. I'll show you that in just a second here. So it says, see that you abound in this grace also. And so when he says, see that you abound in it, means it must be important to God that we abound in it. That means you can actually get better at it. Amen. And since he called it grace, there's different facets of the grace of God. And all of the grace of God is amazing. 
We have a song about that, right? Amazing grace. So, so he says, uh, grace is, it is amazing. See that you abound in this grace concerning your finances, which means if you abound in it, then one day you'll look at your checkbook or your checking account and you'll say what? Amazing grace. All right, let's try this out over here. In other words, he's not talking about something that's forced upon you. He's just talking about the amazing grace of God. Amen. And he says, and you abound in this grace concerning giving and receiving. And he says, see that you abound, which means what? Be known for your generosity. Somebody ought to get happy already. Come on, have a reputation for generosity. Amen. Be known for that you abound, excel, come to the front with your giving. And we see they did this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and they actually gave out of their lack or their need or their poverty. But Paul says, now you gave, I like the way John Osteen used to say it. He said, you can give off the bottom of the barrel, or you can believe God to fill the barrel and give off the top of the barrel. How many of y'all ever gave off the bottom of the barrel? How many believe God could fill that barrel and you give off the top of the barrel? So in 2 Corinthians 8, they gave off the bottom of the barrel. Now he left Titus there to teach them in chapter 8 and 9 how they could be blessed and give off the top of the barrel. All right. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. Y'all ready? Can you go over there? 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. I, I kind of like the second one myself. Amen. Amen. So he says, you, you can choose how you sow and how you give. And he says, verse 7, every person, who does that include? He says, every person, according as you purpose in your heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. Well, this ought to be one of the happiest parts of the service. I mean, the, the offering shouldn't be more like a, a funeral service, you know. The offering should be like one of the happiest parts of the service. So he says, uh, God loves. He doesn't just tolerate. God really loves someone who is a cheerful happy giver. Man, you can prove that throughout the scriptures because you've got so many scriptures that are on that subject of giving. And you've got about David in, in 1 Chronicles 29, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, 1 Chronicles 29, where David gave with all of his might. Amen. And he actually, we, we figured it up years ago how much David gave, and he gave one and a half billion dollars. That was just in, we figured it up 30, 40 years ago. So now it's more than that. He turned to his mighty men and said, how much y'all going to give? And his mighty men started giving. He had 400 mighty men and those 400 mighty men gave two and a half billion dollars to build the temple. Now, are these the same guys that came to David distressed, discontent, and in debt? How many think they must have got out of debt? Come on. In other words, they came to David and learned about the spirit of faith, come on, about giant killing, became David's mighty men. They learned about the presence of God. They learned about the covenant of God. So these are some extremely blessed people in the old covenant. 
and we've got a better covenant based on better promises, we should be extremely blessed. Y'all still here? Anybody even planning on being extremely blessed? Amen. And so these people gave, he gave one and a half billion, then they gave two and a half billion for the building of the house of the Lord. And it says that, that David's generosity and that they rejoiced with great joy. Have you ever been in a church where people gave so much that they got so happy about it? It was just great joy. I have. I've been in some meetings where the, where the spirit of giving and people started giving and it, the whole place just started shouting and praising God. Amen. Wouldn't that be great if that happened at least every once in a while? Amen. Amen. Where you just have an offering that's just as happy as the singing. All right, let's go over this real quickly here. And so the Lord told me, he says, well, a lot of people want to sing like David sang. And they want to dance like David danced. But they don't want to give like David gave. In other words, so David loved God. So he's not just a singer and a dancer. He is a great giver. He is a man after God's own heart. Wow. So you've got so many scriptures like abounding in generosity. And so Paul calls it sowing. I call it farming money. What that means is you'll get some things faster by sowing for it than you will by saving for it. I like to say it this way. God's sowing system will outperform the world's saving system. Well, y'all should get happy. In other words, the kingdom of God is more secure than the whole financial realm of this world. Amen. Amen. So he says, when you sow generously, Praise the Lord. So I asked the Lord one time, I said, well, how much is generous? Because I'd sure like to have that kind of harvest. So I said, I, how much is that? I mean, I want a number. Because if I'm going to qualify for the generous harvest, I'm going to have to know that I'm in the generous sowing department. So I said, give me a number. He said, well, generous is different amounts to different people. It's not a certain amount. Actually, anybody could be generous. A rich person or somebody that may think they're not so rich. Anybody can be generous. Some people can outgive you, but they can't outgenerous you. All right, come on now. In other words, anybody can be generous. Anybody can qualify for generosity. Anybody. So I asked the Lord, I said, well, how much, uh, how will I know when I'm generous? The Lord said, you'll know. All right, let's try that again. Because if you give sparingly, you stay in your comfort zone. If you give generously, you leave your comfort zone just a little bit and have faith in God. So the Lord explained to me this way. He says, when you give generously, <clears throat> it's when you give. And you think about it for months later. Anybody ever given and had a little giver's remorse? I mean, like three months later, you're like, my God, what was I thinking? So generous is when you leave your comfort zone. Come on, and months later, and sometimes you'll give, and you'll think about that moment for years later. 
actually First Chronicles 29, David said, keep this forever in the memory and imagination of your people, that kind of giving. Amen. Amen. I remember many years ago, the Lord spoke to me about giving a special offering. And for me, it was special. I don't know about you, but I had some money set aside, $25,000. And the Lord said, I want you to give that. And I was like, whew, I bind the devil right now talking to me about my money. I said, Lord, that's already clean money. I already laundered that. That's already been tithed off of and given off of. That's clean money. Money laundering, see, that's when you tithe off your money. So, so I said, well, I don't know if I want to do that. He said, well, you don't have to. I said, well, just let me think about it a minute. So I finally decided to do it. The minister that I gave it to, he started crying. I said, you shouldn't be crying. I should be the one crying. <laughs> well, he finally got happy. And so... Uh, I thought, well, wow. So, you know, the devil come to you and say, what are you going to do if all that giving don't work? Try to put fear and doubt in you. And the Lord said to me, don't let the devil intimidate you. You tell the devil, devil, what you going to do when it does work? All right, let's see what God's going to do. Are y'all still here? So, so a few years later, the Lord spoke to me and said, do you remember when you gave that 25000 I said, I will never forget it. <laughs> How many ever given that you know you will never forget it? I said, I will never forget it. And the Lord said, figure out what's happened since you gave the 25000 So I started counting it. I said, $25 million has come in since I gave the 25000 but if you would have asked me if I needed the 25000 I would have said yes. But really, God knew what I needed in the future, and I really needed the $25 million. Boy, y'all getting quiet on me here. I said, I really needed the $25 million. It's just that the 25000 qualified me for generous. All right, sit back down. Sit back down. No more running. Don't be running and stuff like that. Amen. And so he talks about sowing generously, and there's something about that generosity that affects your heart. Let's try that one more time. It doesn't just reflect your heart, it affects your heart. Come on. And that kind of generosity does something in your heart. Really, those two things, the blood of Jesus and giving, open heaven and open your heart. Amen. So, so I started working on it at a very young age because my daddy wanted to make sure about it. So he would teach us to tithe and to give and to sow. And so he would teach us that you can tithe on what you make or tithe on what you want to make. So when I heard my daddy say that, I was just a teenager. So I thought, well, I'd sure like to have some income, you know. I was making about $100 a week back in those days. So I started tithing on what I wanted to make. So I started double tithing and later on triple tithing. And then I found out, wow, it opened up a reservoir of abundance. All right, let's go to the 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, right there. What's it say? 
And God is able to make all grace abound towards you so you always have all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. All right, let's try that one more time. God is able. Come on, who are you believing, right? Let's just say it this way. He goes on and he says, God will multiply your seed zone. So the Lord told me, he said, quit thinking subtraction when you're given. And start thinking multiplication when you're given. Y'all still with me here? So... I have a minister friend, and he, he uh, runs around with Andrew Womack a lot and travels with him. And so he, uh, he had asked me to come and meet with him on occasion and teach him on abounding in this grace, and he does. So he said, teach me about it. So we were met at a Starbucks in Colorado, and so the Lord told me, he said, when you go there, he's going to give you an offering. And he said, whatever he gives you, I want you to double it and give it back to him. So I went and was teaching him the word. He's taking notes and preaching all my stuff, you know, of course. But he's a partner, so I'll let him do it. But anyway, so he's, he's taking notes. And uh, don't try that if you're not a partner. But anyway, so uh, he, um, he, at the end, he pushed a check across there, and he gave me $2,000. I said, well, that's very nice of you. I didn't expect you to give me anything. He said, well, I just want to be a blessing. I said, well, thank you. I said, uh, you know, uh, on the way here, the Lord told me he was going to give an offering, and he just told me to double what you gave me and give you double back. Yep. He said, wow, well, that's nice. I said, wonder how much you would have given if you would have known that. <laughs> he went, oh, my God. Come on, why would you believe me to double and you wouldn't believe God to multiply your seed song? All right, let's try this out over here. Why would you think a man would do that for you? Come on, when God said, I will multiply your seed zone, I will make all grace abound towards you, amen? That means you can actually give with a harvest in mind. Let's try that one more time. I said, you can actually give with a harvest in mind, expecting a harvest and rejoicing over the harvest. And that joy literally is a harvesting factor. Y'all still here? That joy is a harvesting factor. Now, this sounds a little bit funny, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, Brother Hagen had a good friend by the name of Brother Goodwin in Pasadena, Texas, down by Houston. He was good friends with Brother John Osteen, Joel's daddy, and good friends with my dad also. And so Brother Goodwin, he looked at all this, uh, the property, the church buildings, and everything was paid for. And they said, wow, this is great. He said, you know how this happened? He said, I just danced the money in. They said, you danced the money? He said, yeah. I just started rejoicing and thanking God that his promises were true. Praise the Lord. 
Let's try it one more time. How many of you like to give and thank God that his promises are true and expect that kind of harvest and just start saying, glory to God. I'm expecting. (laughs) I'm expecting a harvest coming in. Are y'all still here? Amen. So sit back down. So Titus and the Apostle Paul were teaching believers. Listen close. Because some people, this message makes some people mad. But my daddy always said, you can get glad in the same britches you got mad in. That means you don't even have to change your pants to get happy. So Paul is teaching them the truth that the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. All of it. Let's try it one more time. It don't belong to the devil. It don't belong to the devil's kids. The earth is the Lord's. Come on, the land, the cattle on a thousand hills, the oil underneath. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. That means you ought to be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Amen. Come on. You ought to be saying, come on, I drive the best, wear the best, eat the best. Come on. And I give the best. Glory to God. Amen. In other words, you're giving. So you start working on it. Come on. As a believer and access this grace, God is able Some people say, well, I'm on a fixed income. And I say, who fixed it? (laughs) Amen. I know what it means to live on a fixed income. But when you're a tither and a giver, nobody can fix your income. All right, let's try that one more time. I said, if you're a tither, you're a giver. Come on, because I've, I've worked at jobs where they said, yeah, I'm going to pay you so much money a week. Even a church, the board told me, you're going to make so much money a week. That's your income. But when I believe this, no church board, nobody can tell me how much money I make. When I'm a sower, when I'm a giver, when I'm a tither, come on. God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. I don't have room enough to receive it. Are y'all still here? All right. Praise the Lord. So listen, would it be possible for us to have just as much faith in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 10, as we do in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21? I know y'all are thinking right now. You're going, 2 Corinthians 5, Y'all know 2 Corinthians 5, 17? Uh, you better know that if you go to this church. I mean, this guy's got a book on that. What's that mean? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Come on. Verse 20, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Do you believe that? Yeah. Well, that's not too far away from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. All right, well, let's try this. I said, it's not that far away. It's pretty close. 
I said, come on, I'm looking for a little help here. I said, it ain't that far away. So how could you believe that? And you can't go over 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and believe he that soweth generously shall reap generously. Come on in cheerfully. And God is able to make all grace abound. And God will multiply your seeds on. Why can't you believe that? (laughs) Come on, look at somebody and say, I believe it, man. I believe it. Do we have anybody can give a testimony and say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Come on. Look what the Lord has done. I know where I came from and I know where I started. It was not my talent. It was not my brain. It was not my good look. Come on now. It was the grace of God and God is able to make all grace abound. Woo. Come on. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is amazing grace. This is amazing grace. God loves a cheerful giver. Let's see if we can get a couple of smiles. Show your teeth uh, or your tooth. So the toothbrush was invented in Arkansas. If it's invented anywhere else, it'd be called a teeth brush, but it's a toothbrush because they only got one tooth. <laughs> Turn to First Timothy chapter six real quickly here, because praise the Lord. Don't 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 say. Sometimes I start teaching on this because I pastored for twenty years, and and the limit. The limit of finances that were coming in our church, I mean, every pastor will relate, the limit to our finances that were coming in the church was less than $10,000 a week. We had a few staff members, church, we were pretty much limited. So we couldn't do any more than we could afford, $10,000 a week. So I said, Lord, we're stuck here at $10,000 a week. How are we going to break out of this? How can we break this barrier? Come on. So I started teaching on it kind of like I am now. Boy, and people got to where they got happy, uh, as happy at the offering message as they did the regular message. Well, then the biggest giver in the church, a rich man in our church, got mad and left the church. He came to my office and talked to me. He's the biggest giver, had a big house, big house. He's mad at me. You know, he said, I, he said actually, he ch- challenged me on my, on my income. He said, you probably make $70,000 a year. This was years ago. I said, no, sir. I said, I don't make 70000 I said, I gave 70000 last year, so you know I make more than that. <laughs> so that made him even less happy. So... Uh, anyway, this was years ago. So he got mad and left the church, you know. And, and so I, I was sitting in my office, you know, biggest giver, left the church. We're struggling at $10,000 a week. And uh, I had uh, church payment, staff, missionaries we support. 10000 a week, we're stuck. And I said, the biggest giver is the church. And the Lord spoke to me and said, the biggest giver is still here. I said, well, I'd like to know who it is because, I mean, I see a report every week. (laughs) And here's what the Lord said to me, very clear. He said, it's me. 
The Lord said, as long as I'm here, you'll never lack for money. So I had the guy that did all the money. I said, let me show you how to start being generous with the money and sowing and giving. So, boy, we started doing some giving. Woo! Man, he got, he got nervous. He's like, oh, my God. Well, what happened? Finances went from 10000 a week to $20,000 a week. Then it went to $30,000 a week, $40,000 a week, $50,000 a week, $60,000 a week, $70,000 a week, $80,000 a week. And it kept on going. So I told him, why don't you manage the original 10 that we had and I'll manage the rest. Come on. Because <laughs> it's your little peanut brain that stuck us at 10. I mean, you want to talk to your little peanut brain, say peanut brain. Come on, God thinks bigger than your peanut brain thinks. Lay hands on your own head and say, Lord, help my brain, help my brain. Lord, heal my brain. Come on. I'm going to change the way that I think. Come on, just, just take the word God's thinking and start acting on that word. Amen. And so the finance increased so much, I got up and asked if anybody else wanted to leave. So... When you make God your source, Woo! come on, not the economy, not brother deep pockets with short arms. You make God your source, God is able to make all grace abound. Uh, let me read First Timothy chapter 6 real quickly here. And so sometimes people would say, well, that was a long offering message. I say, how do you know that's an offering message? It might just be the message. All right, that's right. Come on. That's a long offering message. How do you know that's an offering message? Why couldn't that just be the message? Would there be something wrong with that being the message? No. I'm just checking. All right. So what if that just was the message? That God wanted to tell you tonight that in this year, he's going to break the barriers and the limits that have been on your life and on your church and on your ministry and make all grace abound towards you. It is, sit back down just a minute. It is the only area that God said, prove me now. In other words, God said, I double dog dare you. Come on, to put me first in your tithes and in your offerings and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. He said, prove me now. Amen. So the Lord did that to me because I can't lead people in it if I don't do it. Because if you don't do it, you're just trying to get people to give. You don't do it yourself. Come on, you got a little whine, a little chicken in your voice. But if you have proved it yourself, do yourself a favor, hallelujah, and be a tither. Do yourself a favor and go beyond and start sowing. Prove it. Amen. Come on. When I was in school, I mean, if a kid said, uh, I'm not going to whoop you. We'd say, well, let's just prove it. 
Step right on the side over here, right in the ditch, and we'll just see who comes out. Prove it. There's so many things we say we believe that we just need to prove it. How many can say, I have proven that God is faithful and that he is able to make all grace abound? Woo! Second Corinthians chapter uh, 6. Did I say what I said? First Timothy chapter 6, like I said. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Can y'all find that one? First Timothy 6, 17. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. You know, if Jesus ain't Lord of your wallet, Because my daddy used to baptize people. And I remember one time he was baptizing people, you know, and this guy's fixing to baptize him. And he took his wallet out, you know, and set it on the baptistry. My daddy said, you might want to put that back in your pocket. So we can get that sanctified. You will be sanctified if we, if, we can, if we can get your wallet sanctified. All right. This is in the scripture. I didn't, I didn't write it. I'm just reading it. So don't get mad at me. Talk to the Lord about it. So the Lord said to do what? Charge them that are rich in this world. All right. Now, first of all, you may say that ain't me. Yeah, it is. But if you've traveled around the world, it's you. Look at somebody and say, you know, it's you. It's you. Come on. If you've been to India, you are the rich in this world. If you've been to Vietnam, you are the rich. If, if you've been to Papua New Guinea, come on, I preached in the poorest countries in the world. We are the rich in this world. I've been to poorest countries in the world. Preach to the poorest people and preach them the same message I'm preaching to you and see them come out of poverty and start driving cars to church. Are y'all still here? It works anywhere. This ain't no American gospel. The word works anywhere. All right. So now I'm talking to Americans right now. So he says, talk, talk to those that are rich in this world. Well, who's Paul talking to? Timothy. What is Timothy? He's a pastor. So Paul said, talk to the rich people in church. Talk to the rich people in church. Well, I found out there must be supposed to be rich people in church. So I, once I found out there's supposed to be rich people at church, I volunteered for that program. <laughs> All right, come on, let's talk about this out Come on, my daddy was a pastor, my grandpa was a pastor. Come on, we broke all the time. So, but, but once we got revelation that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, come on, on the cross, he became a curse for us that we could be blessed coming in and blessed going out, be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Once I found that out, man, I started saying, "Woo! the earth is the Lord's. So it's not the Lord keeping it from you. Come on, it's the devil trying to choke you out. But you have authority over the devil. I think it's F.F. F. Bosworth said, it's impossible to boldly claim by faith a blessing you are not sure God is offering. All right, let's try that one more time. It is impossible to boldly claim by faith a blessing you are not sure God's offering. 
In other words, your faith has no boldness to it because you're uncertain. But when you become fully persuaded, let's try this out of it. When you become fully persuaded that Jesus not only took your sin, but he took your sicknesses and took your diseases, now you can receive your healing because you are fully persuaded. Come on, don't have to be sick no more. Amen. I found out by his stripes I was healed. Come on. You got fully persuaded now. Now you can say, devil, take your hands off my body. Come on, Jesus paid the price for my healing, for my health. Come on, get that look on your face like. Come on, I ain't begging for something to happen. Jesus already paid for it. Now boldly by faith. Say, by his stripes. Come on, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, by his stripes, I was healed. Hallelujah. Come on, Isaiah 53 says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Surely. Surely he hath borne. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. The word born there is B-O-R-N-E, born. You know what it means? It's the Hebrew word nasa. It's the Hebrew word nasa means. It's our space program. It means lift off. It don't just mean lift off. It means lift off and carry to a far distance. Surely he has lifted from us our sicknesses, our griefs, our sorrows, and our pain and carried it a long way from us. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Lord. Come on, there's a liftoff happening right here tonight. Come on, whatever the devil's trying to put on you, come on, Jesus lifts it off of you. Amen. Your sicknesses, your pains, your grief, your sorrows. He lifted it off. He lifted it off. Say goodbye sickness, goodbye disease, goodbye pain. Hallelujah. Sit back down just for a minute. I'm not quite finished here. Praise the Lord. The word for grief, Isaac Lesser points out, is the word for sicknesses. Sorrow's the word for pains. Now, I know there's more than one kind of pain. Come on, there's physical pain. There's emotional pain. Come on. All kinds of grief and sorrow and shame and pain. But on the cross, by the blood of Jesus, he lifted from us my sicknesses, my pain, my grief, my sorrows, my shame. Come on, every kind of pain you're talking about. Woo, 
Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. Whoa, he paid it all. redeemed us. You know what the word redeem means? He purchased our freedom with his blood. Praise the Lord. Now, when you're fully persuaded, all right, let's try that one more time. I'm fixing it. I'm going to have to slap somebody. I don't know if we have any volunteers. When you, when you are fully persuaded, you get fully persuaded I said, when you are fully persuaded, you say, devil, you ain't pushing that on me no more. Come on, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. So you ain't putting that on me no more. Now, I heard John Osteen tell this in one of his sermons years ago. He's talking about the guy that at school, you know, that guy at school was a bully. Have y'all ever been around any bullies in school? You know, somebody like, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> y'all know what a bully is? All right, so we every, every school's had bullies. So this guy's at school, and he, he's a bully. And uh, he had a piece of paper and some names on it. So his friend walked up to him and said, what you got on that paper there? He said, he said I got the names. Of everybody in this school that I can whoop. So his friend looked on there and said, uh, wait, you got my name on there. He said, so, yeah. He said, you better take my name off because you can't whoop me. And he said, okay, let me take it off. <laughs> you know the devil is a bully. You just tell him, you better take my name off your list because you ain't going to whoop me. <laughs> The devil will mark your name off his list. He won't even come by your house for the next three months. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So the point is what? Fully persuaded. Come on. To boldly say. Let's try it one more time. To boldly say. That's a good one. But Jesus said, I will never. How many of y'all got the Amplified Bible? The women's Bible has more words. The Amplified Bible. Jesus said, I will never, ever forsake you or abandon you or leave you without help. That we may boldly say. Come on, don't just say it. You got to say it with an attitude. We boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Woo! Come on, I boldly. Amen. Come on, you got to have a little bit of attitude in your voice. Come on, even a horse can tell when you're scared. You think the devil can't tell when you're scared? But when you're fully persuaded, then you have a boldness. 
Praise the Lord. Glory. All right, go back to First Timothy chapter 6, because now we finally got you boldly declaring, <laughs> by his stripes I'm healed. Yeah. Now, if I could just get you on the other side and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. And I never lack for money. I never lack for money. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm a sower. And God makes all grace. Come on. You abound towards me. Come on now. If I could just get that same boldness. Come on in the believer. Let me give you this verse real quickly here while I'm in this, in this, in this area, okay? Acts chapter 3, verse 16. Y'all ready? Write that down. Acts 3.16. I call this the other John 3.16. Acts 3.16. This is the other John 3.16. Are you ready for this? Here's what it says. Y'all know Acts chapter 3, crippled man's heal. And they said, well, how'd you do that? He said, well, it wasn't our own power or holiness that did this. But Acts 3.16, it says, his name, talking about the name of Jesus. Mm. Oh, that name. No other name under heaven. His name, through faith in his name. Not just the name. But somebody had faith, fully persuaded, confidence in that name. His name through faith in his name. Jesus said, in my name. Boy, I'm going to have to slap somebody over here again. In my name. Come on, Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Does anybody know how to ask the Father in the name of Jesus, whatever you ask him? Jesus said, in my name, you will cast out devils. Come on now. In my name, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, you're going to speak in a supernatural language in the Holy Ghost. In my name. Peter said, such as I have, give I thee. What's he got here? He's got the name. You can't give people what you don't have. I have faith in that name. Come on, demons tremble at the sound of that name. Dad Hagen would say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. Boy, that's a double whammy right there. Come on, you say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. Every attack of the enemy on your mind, on your thought, every oppression of the enemy, come on, in your house, in your family, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. Come on, you have some weapons that are mighty through God. 
In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. And demons have to flee. That means they're, they're afraid. They run in fear. Go ahead and just laugh for a minute and say, ha. What kind of a demon is it? Well, people got all kinds of I don't know what kind. I don't tell you there's really one major kind. They're all defeated, I can tell you that. So whatever kind it is, it has to go. His name. Y'all still with me here? In the name. His name. Through what? Faith. In the name. You can't have faith in the name. Unless you know something about the name. Yes. That's right. Yes, sir. You know. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Not just here. Yes. You know on the inside revelation knowledge. Yes. Come on, that that name. Come on, in heaven and in the earth and under the earth, there's no other name like that name. In the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, cancer has to bow. Disease has to bow. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Come on, every cell in your body has to respond. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Come on, you don't have to let the devil dominate you. Come on, you don't have to let the devil torment you. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus. What does that mean, I plead the blood? Here's what that means. If you was in the court, I plead the blood. That means I rest my case. That means no more arguments. No more discussion. This baby is over here. I rest my case. I rest my case on the blood of Jesus. I rest my case. Listen, if you rest your case on the blood, then let your case rest. Come on now. No more worrying and fretting. I rest my case on the blood. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, Jesus said you have authority as a believer. Do you know who you are? You have authority as a believer. You have what you say. All right, now if you're a theology student, I went to Bible college four years, lasted as long as I could, graduated. Met my wife, that was a big thing. <laughs> but if Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two to have faith in God, if Jesus said, verse 23, whosoever shall say, unto this mountain be removed, cast sea, shall not doubt in heart, believe those things that he saith come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he saith. He started with a whosoever and went to a whatsoever. So in my professor, in my class, in my, I said, hey, excuse me. I said, if I did not know that healing was in the atonement, I could get there from Mark eleven twenty three. 23. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
Let's try it one more time. If I did not know that Jesus not only took my sin, but he took my sicknesses and my diseases. If I didn't know that, once I read Mark eleven twenty three, I'd say, this will work on whatsoever. I am a whosoever, and I have faith in God. Come on now. So I say to sickness, be removed and be cast into the sea. All right, now I'm going to throw you one more curve here. You ready for a curve? You know, as I played baseball growing up, I said, that guy, he can't hit the curveball. See, so I had a pretty good curveball. So, so uh, here's just a little curve. Listen, if I did not know that prosperity was in the atonement, let's try this out over here. If I did not know, I do know. But if I did not know, if I knew Mark eleven twenty three and 24, I could get there from Mark, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Right. Whosoever shall say, right. yes. Ooh, he shall have whatsoever, whatsoever. whatsoever. he saith. Come on, if you talk pole, you're going to be pole. Come on, the only limit you got is your mouth. That's your problem right there. Amen. 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 So I learned from Brother Hagin, Dad Hagin, when I was just a teenager, came to my dad's church, and he said, if you're not happy with what you have in life, check out what you've been saying. I was only 17, and I wasn't happy. You don't have to wait till you get older to be unhappy. There's plenty of unhappy teenagers. I was only 17. I wasn't happy. You don't even have to wait till you get married to be unhappy. Don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. We talked to a, the waitress today. She looked a little bit miserable. So she said, Are you not married? No, I'm not married. I said, well, it's better to be miserable single than to be miserable married. So thank God you're not married because you're still, you're miserable anyway. But only Jesus can cure that for you. No man's going to cure that for you. So then we gave her a good tip so she paid attention better. So, so if you're not happy with what you have in life, we have located the problem. Jesus said, he shall have whatsoever he saith. In other words, your faith in God must be released through your words. All right, let me finish. Let me finish with Acts 3.16 because I didn't finish that. His name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. And the faith which is by him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. How many of you like to go from being crippled and broken up to perfect sound? Let's try that one more time. Come on. How many like to go from all your body parts not working right to suddenly your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, your liver? Come on now. Let's start working right. Come on now. What happened? His name through faith in his name. 
has made me strong. Come on, my body's strong. My mind is strong. How'd you get that way? His name. Through faith in his name. Anybody got faith in his name? You You can't have any more faith in his name than you know about it. His name. What happens in heaven when you say that name? What happens? Come on, when you say that name and angels. What happens? All of heaven responds. In the name. That's above every name. In the name of Jesus. You don't even have to wait till you get to church to use that name. Come on in your house. Come on in your car. In the name of Jesus. Woo. Perfect soundness. Woo, and I found out you resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. His name. Through faith. Perfect soundness. That means pain, sickness should be lifted off of you right now. You don't even have to wait another day. Come on, your grief, your sorrow, lift it off of you right now in the name of Jesus. Whoa, come on, every cell in your body, respond in the name of Jesus. His name, through faith in his name. Praise the Lord. Praise. How many of y'all fully persuaded that belongs to you? How many like to get, go ahead and get bold about it? Go ahead and get bold about it. Go ahead and run it out the house. Come on, get bold about it. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Come on, in the paper, they're already predicting the next pandemic that will come to America. Come on, if you think COVID scared people, they said you, you can't wait. The next pandemic that hits America, the diseases, we're living in the last days. But we are a different kind of people. Come on now. We're not afraid. Come on, we've got the name. We got the blood. Put it on the doorpost of the house in the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Come on. You have authority over every sickness and every disease. Try to come on this generation in the name of Jesus. Come on, we are the triumphant church. Come on, we're not a struggling church. We got the name that's above every name. The name of Jesus. Woo! Ha, ha, ha. Now what's happening? You get bold. Sometimes that's just the difference between you receiving and not receiving is your boldness. Praise the Lord. Come on, get that look on your face like I will not be denied. Come on, if the devil can talk you out of it, he will. But if you are fully persuaded, I will not be denied in the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. How come they put you all the way over in the corner? Come and sit on this chair on the end here. Anyway, so. If we could get the same kind of boldness 
Y'all still here? In this area, go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Are you ready for this? Verse 17. Because I had to get the same kind of boldness when it came to finances. I would still be stuck back down there at $10,000 a week. And it can't do nothing. But now I can preach the gospel in country after country to the poorest people in the world and ship over $100,000 worth of books and give them away free. Broke people can't do that. Broke people can't even go. Actually, broke people, if you go over there, the missionaries will tell you to go back home. In other words, you better come over there with some money. You don't want to show up broke. I mean, they already have enough problems without you showing up. <laughs> people want to go with me on a mission trip. I said, you better bring an offering. We all give all the missionaries offerings. They said, well, how much? I said, well, how much can you afford? Because we've got to give them an offering. Well, I can barely afford the ticket. Then stay home. Just give me your ticket money and I'll give it to the missionary. This ain't no tourist trip here. Let's keep going. So Paul tells Timothy to talk to who? The rich people. Where? At church. That's a little different than nowadays, right? Because most churches, they say, now don't hit you to avoid, don't be talking about money. People think you're after their money. Listen, camel breath, God is after your money. I don't even want you to wonder if that's an issue or not. This is an issue. So talk to the rich people. Charge them, charge them. I don't know. So you go like, Da 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 da. Whoop, I'm coming after you, man. <laughs> Hold on to your wallet, Margaret. He's coming after the money. <laughs> y'all pray for me. I, I get to leave town in a couple of days. The pastor has to stay here with y'all. Charge them that are rich in this world. What you gonna tell them? Don't be high minded just because you got more money. Don't make you better than nobody. So don't be high-minded. Nor trust. Oh, my. Did you know one thing generosity will do? It'll make you no longer trust in money. Come on, the rich young ruler passed every test of Christianity except the money test. That's a shame that people can pass every other test but the money test. He couldn't give. He's like, I'm holding on to my money. It's my money. I made the money. I'm holding on to my money. I got to have my money. What's it represent? A security. And, oh, and he held the money to Jesus. He went away sorrowful. Huh. Well, God's not telling you to give all your money. But he sure wants a, a piece of it. Come on, my, grand, my, my kids growing up, we used to travel in a motorhome and uh, we'd stop at a well, truck stop because I had a big diesel motorhome and I'd tell my kids, uh, uh, y'all go get you some M&Ms. So they'd all get M&Ms. They'd come in there and I'd crank the motorhome back up and be going down the interstate. I'd say, now who wants to give daddy some M&Ms? And it got real quiet. I could hear him back in the back. 
I could hear them in the back whispering like, you give him some. I don't give him none. You give him some. I have my daughter, Alicia, says, you give him some. Aaron said, Aaron said, you give him some. I said, I hear y'all back there. I bought the M&Ms. I gave you the M&Ms. And you don't want to give me no M&Ms. So the next truck stop, I set him down on the couch. said, now look at your daddy. You see me? Look at me. I could buy all the M&Ms in every truck stop that we go to. Matter of fact, I could buy enough M&Ms to fill this whole motorhome with M&Ms and you would be swimming in M&Ms. So they're like, oh, what's a lot of m and I said, matter of fact, you would never lack for M&Ms the rest of your life. Well, I'm your daddy. But when I ask you for M&Ms and you don't want to give me no M&Ms, it makes me want to shut down all your M&Ms. I didn't want all your M&M's. I just wanted a few of your M&M's. And I wanted a couple of red ones. I like the red ones, so I wanted some red ones. And you didn't want to give me no M&M's. I'm going to shut down all the M&M's. So when I ask you for M&M's, don't think that you're losing M&M's. Come on, you're just making the source of unlimited M&M's happy. Come on, everybody's thinking they're losing M&M's. No, God's a source of unlimited M&M's. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's not like God ain't going to make it without your money. God's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Listen, he's doing good before he ever met you. You understand? It's to your advantage. Amen. Amen. Don't be high-minded our trust in uncertain riches. Woo! But in the living God who gives us rich. Come on, I didn't write it. Can you read? I didn't write that. But the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Come on now. Come on now. God wants you, come on, as his family, his children, he wants you to richly enjoy life. Is that what he said? Not just enjoy it, but richly enjoy life. Until you're fully persuaded about that, you'll live on the minimum. Not God's fault. It's your thinking. God wants you to richly enjoy that. Well, we're still talking to the rich people now. And that's us. That's us. What's the next verse say? And tell them that they do good. That they be rich in good works. And ready to distribute. Some people say, well, my money's all tied up. I said, a good funeral will let all of it loose, I guarantee you. My money's all tied up. Jesus told the disciples to go get that donkey, you know, never been ridden. He said, loose him and bring him to me. The Lord has need of him. You better loose some of that money. 
the Lord has need of it. Thank you for your enthusiasm here. So he says, that they be rich in good works. Ready to what? Nothing is more fun than passing out money. Than giving. It's so much fun. And then you just tie Jesus into it and say, that's a blessing of the Lord for you. Isn't that fun? Come on, I'll tell you about that lady in my, my dad's church years ago. Uh, Billy Burns here, he went to my dad's church, so he knows him. And, uh, and uh, this, this lady, uh, single mama with two daughters, and they're all working minimum wage. They had no education. Lived in a little wooden frame house. And so I went back to West Columbia to preach for my brother. And so I walked, stopped by their house and went to see him. And so Wanda Evans and her two little girls. So I went to see them and I said, hey, I'm preaching tonight at the church and I don't preach there very often. So I said, why don't y'all come to church? How are y'all doing? And uh, the two daughters said, we, you know, they're, they're not very educated. They said, we're not, we're not doing very good, Brother Ma. I said, what's the problem? I said, well, mama, mama's three, uh, three months behind on the car payment. So they're fixing to repossess the car. So mama came out and said, is that right? You're three months behind? Yeah, they're going to take it from me. I said, well, how much is your car payment? She said, $300 a month. I said, three months? That's $900. I pulled my wallet out. I said, I had $900 bills ago. I think that ought to cover it for you. She went, oh, Brother Moore, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I said, yep, that's a blessing of the Lord. I'll see you all at church tonight. So when I walked out the door, because all of them were a little bit, a little bit heavier, heavier, a little heavy, a little heavy. You know, they say, if you eat them little Debbies, you're going to turn into a big Debbie. Anyway, so, y'all please forgive me. Anyway, so I, I've had the little Debbies. So, I, I struggle myself. So, when I'm with them, they, they bring all the desserts and everything. They're like, here, eat some of this, Pastor. Go ahead and die. No. <laughs> well, thank you very much. So anyway, so I'm, I'm leaving this little frame house, a wooden house, you know, it's kind of on blocks and, and the front porch are wooden. So I'm leaving. And when I, when I walked out the door to get in my car, I, they start, I could hear them rejoicing in there and they were jumping up and down. They were jumping up and down and the whole house was shaking. I mean, I'm on the front porch and the whole house was going to boom, 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 boom. And I heard them saying this real loud. They're hollering, mama, I told you the Lord would do it for you. I told you the Lord would do it for you, mama. And they're jumping up and down. I got in the car and I said, thank you, Lord. I had $900 bills in my wallet and I never had so much fun in my life. The Lord would do it for you, mama. Come on. Come on. The Bible says to the household of faith. Come on. Do good, especially to the household of faith. Wow. So Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he said, your giving is going to cause many to give great thanksgiving to God. Wouldn't that be something that our generosity, come on, on different occasions and different times, would cause people to say, thank you, Lord. Isn't that, isn't that fun? Your giving caused people to say, look what the Lord has done. 
He says, I told you the Lord would do it for you. So it says this. He says, be rich in good works, ready to distribute. Now, when he says be rich in good works, what, what translation is that? The Passion Translation, I think, says this. Tell the rich in this world to be extravagantly generous. I know some people say, well, now nah, I'm just frugal. <laughs> Frugal's good when you're shopping. It ain't good at church. You don't want that on your tombstone. Here lies stingy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Amen. Generous. Y'all still here? Come on. You mean generous with your church? generous with ministries that have blessed you. You can be generous with missions. You can be generous with your wife. I almost got an amen. You can be generous with your wife. Come on, hit him. Say yes. You can be generous with your wife. You can be generous with your husband. You can be generous with your kids. He's starting to shake now. He can be generous with your grandkids. Come on now. You can be generous. Amen. You said, I can't afford it, but God can afford it. He said, God is able to make all grace. You don't have to wait till you're dead, man. You can start being generous right now. Extravagant generosity. What's extravagant mean? All right, let's try this out over. What's extravagant? Anybody got a working definition for extravagant? Extravagant. Extravagant just means too much, unnecessary, lost your mind. How many of y'all ever have one of them family Christmases where they take each other's names and then whoever gets your name by, and then you take that name and you buy them a present. How many of you are hoping a certain person never gets your name? You're like, oh my God, they're going to give me a discount book from Walmart from the blue light special. So the family, to make sure nobody gets extravagant, tells everybody they can't spend no more than $10. They say $10. But he says, when you are blessed, come on, you are responsible for being a generous blessing. Amen. Come on, I'm not just talking about tonight. I'm talking about the rest of your life. As you just think, wow, I would like to be more generous. Don't look at anybody right now. Might be somebody you know right next to you. You're like, I know the Lord brought them here tonight. You say, (laughs) you're a tight one. So. Let me keep on going here. My daddy always said, don't stir up more devils than you can cast out. So, so, rich in good works. And, but look at the last verse here. This is pretty phenomenal, isn't it? What's the last verse? Your generosity will be doing what? Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. 
Everybody say eternal life. Whoo, how many rather have that than anything in this world? Come on, eternal life is not just life you get when you die. Eternal life is a quality of life that you get when you make Jesus your Lord. Come on, that's love and joy and peace. Eternal life, lay hold on a quality of life that's more than money. Come on, some of the most miserable people in America are so rich, got so much money, and they're so miserable. Only Jesus can make you happy and satisfy your soul. Come on, I'd rather have Jesus. Come on out. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is this a good enough sermon for you? Huh? Let me throw in one more here. I won't take much longer. Acts chapter 10. A man by the name of Cornelius. Y'all ready for this? Cornelius says his prayers and his giving came up before God. Do you know anybody else that you could say that about? You can. The the Philippian church says that their giving came up before God. Come on, when Jesus went to church, he watched the giving. He said nothing about the singing. He watched people giving. And some people gave and he go, is that it? Because he knows how much you spent at Disney World. He knows how much you gave to Mickey Mouse. So... Come on, we know God can count. He's got a book called Numbers. And if he's going to multiply, he better be able to count. He must keep pretty good records. And Paul said, God has not forgotten your faithfulness and the way you give and the way you serve. It came right up before God. Are y'all still here? And somebody said, I wonder if the Lord pays attention. Oh, yeah, he's paying attention. My daddy just said, with God, payday's not always on Friday. Let's try that one more time. Come on, payday's not always on Friday. He said, but you can bet your life God's payday will come to you. It is guaranteed. And you may say, well, it looks like God's getting behind, but he can catch up really fast. Praise the Lord. Cornelius, what happened? Acts chapter 10. His prayers and his giving came up before God. And what did God say? Man, he said, we're going to have to do something in this house. Angels got on assignment, sent Peter over there, and Cornelius and his whole family was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was hungry for God. But he was such a generous giver. He wasn't even a Christian, but he liked to give. And God said, look at that. I think he's paying attention. I said, I think he's paying attention. Let's try it again. I said, I think he pays attention. I I think he's been paying attention for a long time. And once he sees your faithfulness in that area, Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, Jesus said, 
you're faithful in that area, then God will commit to you true riches. The Lord told me one time, he said, you be a generous giver and I'll do things for you that money could never do for you. Let's just try this out over here. Come on, when you're a generous giver, in other words, Carnea's whole family is filled with the Holy Ghost. I'd rather have my kids, my children, my grandchildren filled with the Holy Ghost than any amount of money in the whole world. Woo! But his generosity came up before God and he visited his family. Woo! Man, y'all ought to get happy. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. There's something about that that God loves. God loves. God loves. God loves it. He just loves it. He don't just tolerate it. He loves it. Right now, Jesus is going sick of Mark. Sick of him. Preach it to him. Jesus, come on. So if Jesus tells me to sick you, I don't care what you look like. You can look however you want to. And Jesus said, preach it, brother. Preach it. Hallelujah. When you got the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you could care what their faces look like. They go, I ain't giving no money. You say, you can take this job and shove it. Let me tell you this. When Jesus likes what you're doing, it don't matter who don't don't like what you're doing. When Jesus likes it, glory to God. Woo! Go ahead and just laugh for a minute. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God gives seed to the sower. That's what it says. God gives seed to the sower. Some people tell me, they say, well, that works for you because you're a preacher. I said, no, I know a lot of preachers they ain't working for. God gives seed to the sower. He don't give seed to the preacher. Amen. God don't give seed to the singer. You can be a great singer and still be broke. I know some of them. Woo! They broke. They still broke. Whoa! <laughs> God gives seed to the sower. People say, that work for you because you're a preacher. I say, well, good. Come up here. Let me ordain you. Well, I'll put you right in the ministry. We'll just see how it works for you. No, plenty of broke preachers. But no broke sowers. All right, let's try this out over here. I said, there ain't no broke sower. Hallelujah. Because this seed is guaranteed. Hallelujah. That's good. A sower is not a thrower. A sower is someone who sows in soil that is prepared. You know exactly why you're sowing. You sow with a purpose and with a promise. Let's try this side over here. I said you give and sow with a purpose and with a promise. Are y'all still here? I said I give with a purpose, which is the gospel of Christ. I give with a promise, and that is that God will multiply the seed. God is able to make all grace. Ha, 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 ha. 
Praise the Lord. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. Smith Wigglesworth said it this way. He said, my father God always takes care of me in grand style. Listen, if you are whining and complaining about lack, you're accusing God of child abuse. If he's your father, you get close to your father and you say, my father God always takes care of me in grand style. Let's try it one more time. My father God. Come on, you ought to just say that every day. My father God always takes care of me in grand style. You ought to say it till you get bold about it. Come on, get that scary look on your face. Come on, you want to grab a corn stalk and swing out over hell and spit in the devil's eye. Somebody said, what is that? Grab a corn stalk. Yeah, somebody, I was preaching somewhere and they got it wrong. They said, grab a corn cob. No, I said, don't grab. Another guy said, grab a corn dog. I said, no, grab a corn stalk. You ding bat. Grab a corn stalk, swing out over hell, spit in the devil's eye. So I'm getting some more spit ready right now. What's that mean? Everything the devil told you you could never have and never do and never go. Come on, you have faith in God, faith in the blood of Jesus. I'm swinging out over hell and spitting in the devil's eye. I'm getting some spit ready right now. I'm fixing spit. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Go ahead and laugh for a few minutes. I'm... If the Lord, if the Lord can trust us with money, he said, I will commit to you true riches. Money's not true riches. You brought none in, can't take none out. The wisdom of God, the revelation of God, the uh, anointing of the Holy Ghost is true riches. But he said, if I can trust you with money, I know I can trust you with true riches. And now listen close. And the Lord said to me, listen close. He said, you'll get some places because you trust me and you'll get other places because I trust you. Let's try it one more time. Come on. You'll get some places because you trust the Lord, but you'll get other places because he trusts you. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, have faith in God. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the blood of Jesus. Faith for healing. Faith for finances. The blessing of the Lord. My Father God always takes care of me in grand style. Glory to God. And it's one area that the devil will constantly try to challenge you. But once you break through that, 
There's a reservoir of abundance. The blessing of the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be great? Come on. Because I have to preach this to my kids and my grandkids. Because I'm telling my kids and my grandkids, you ain't going to be broke. Come on, you don't have to be broke. You'll be blessed. Now listen to your daddy. I'm blessed. I'm going to show you how to be blessed. So now they're working on the grandkids. Come on, on my cash app, my grandkids, they'll say, Poppy, I'm sending you some money. I just want to be a blessing. <laughs> my grandkids. Are y'all still here? Got to train them up right. Amen. I told my daddy, you know, the last few years of his life, I said, Daddy, I'm so blessed. I'm going to be the one kid that comes home and brings you money. The rest of them will be asking you for money. I don't need none of your money. I'll bring you money. Come on, we bought him a new car. One time I went to the jewelry store. I was going to buy me a Rolex watch. I was fixing to buy it, and the Lord said, you think you should have a Rolex, and your dad don't have no Rolex? So your dad's been pastoring 40 years. He don't have no Rolex. He got a Timex. He might have a Rolodex. I might have a fake Rolex from Korea, but he ain't got no Rolex. So I was going to buy me one. The Lord said, you think you should have one? Your dad don't have one. I said, no, I'm not getting one. I called my dad. I said, you come over. Let's go to the store. Pick out whatever Rolex you want. I'm paying for it. He picked out a Rolex. From that day, he praised the Lord different. He would like, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> he'd, been pastoring for, he'd been pastoring for 40 years. He never had no Rolex. Plus... It was a small town, so nobody could criticize him because he would say, my son bought it for me. Mm. Well, my daddy was Jesse Duplantis' spiritual father. So Jesse Duplantis put diamonds on it. Then another pastor friend put diamonds around it. My daddy went home to be with the Lord. My mama said, you take the Rolex. It's what I got on right now. Be careful what you give away. It might come back. So I had this Rolex. And I had a guy come to my church. And he had been in some other church. And he came over and he wanted to challenge me. He came into my office. He wanted, I didn't know what he wanted. I said, come on, he's an older gentleman. He said, why do you wear a Rolex? I said, he wanted to ask me why I wear a Rolex. You up there preaching, you're wearing a Rolex. Why are you wearing a Rolex? I said, first of all, this Rolex is the one I gave my dad. And when my dad went to heaven, my mama gave it back to me. That's why I wear it. But he shut his mouth. Shut your mouth. After I gave my dad a Rolex, I had 15 Rolexes given to me. I never had one given to me before. 15. I gave them all away. 
The last one was a $40,000 Rolex Cellini with diamonds all over. And I was in a meeting praising the Lord. And the Lord said, give that Rolex to that pastor. I pulled it off, said, here, you want a Rolex? He was like, my God. I said, there is a God. Are y'all still here? Come on, there's more where that came from. I said, there's more where that came from. Come on, quit acting like your $100 is the last in the world. There's more where that came from. Amen. Amen. I remember the first time I gave $100. First time I gave $100, I was just a teenager. I always wanted to do that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to give $100. That's like my whole week's salary. So I put it in a bucket. And I kind of watched the bucket as it went down. I was like... I just had a sinking feeling that I've lost that money feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Oh, whoa, whoa, there went my $100. First time I gave a $100 bill. And the devil said to me, you'll never see that again. I said, that's exactly right. Because when it comes back, It'll be pressed down, shaken together. and Somebody ought to get happy. Hallelujah. Whoa. Praise the Lord. Whoa. Come on. Come on, I'm a giver. I'm a sower. Come on, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm a sower. I'm happy to do it. Hallelujah. My life, my heart, my future, my family. It affects everything in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I am free. I am free from the control of money. And I am free from the fear of lack. Go ahead and shout about that. Hallelujah. I am free. Jesus set me free. Hallelujah. Sit back down just for a moment. The Lord said to me, you can give more than you've ever given. And still have more than you ever had. Just pray for your head just for a moment. You can give more than you've ever given. And still have more than you've ever had. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I did not design tithing, giving, or sowing for you to have Decrease. God didn't say, okay, let's figure out a way to get their money from them. No, God said, I designed tithing and giving and sowing for you to increase. All right, let's try it one more time. God said, I designed the whole program of tithing, giving, and sowing not to produce lack, but to produce increase. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. 
So Dad Hagen, he told us, say the 23rd Psalm. Say it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then he said, say, I do not lack. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. And I never lack for money. I never lack for money. He said, when you're facing financial challenge, he said, don't talk lack. He said, that'll keep money from coming to you. He said, say, the money will come. Come on, how many of you looked at something that looked too big for you financially? And you're like, oh, how's that going to happen? Come on, the money will come. I remember just as a young man going on mission trips to Africa, to the Hagemeyers. How are you going to do that? The money will come. The money will come. Praise the Lord. And then Trina, she got a, a word from the Lord one time to say, money's moving, money's shaking, strongholds are breaking. You know, the devil tried to limit or hinder your finances, but money's moving, money's shaking, and strongholds are breaking. The money will come. Then we just throw this in. in. Houses and lands are coming into my hands. Come on, houses and land is coming into my hand. Ooh, come on, land is coming into my hand. Come on, if you're renting, renting a house, you need to be a homeowner. Say, houses and lands coming into my hand. Come on, I own my house. Amen. Ha ha. Praise the Lord. I don't know. I just feel like laughing a few minutes. So just... Come on, just see yourself with more than enough. Abundance. Amen. Well able to give. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, the money will come. Hallelujah. The land will come. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, I drive the best, wear the best, eat the best. Come on, live in the best, and I give the best. I'm a giver. Hallelujah. My Father God is the biggest giver. He's still here. Hallelujah. I never laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Does anybody know why Paul and Titus were teaching on that subject in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9? Do you know why? Because faith comes by hearing. So if you don't have any teaching on it, you don't have no faith to participate in the promise. Let's try it again. If you don't ever hear no teaching. So if the preacher's afraid to teach on it, because he's going to get a few dirty looks, I mean. I'm just looking right back at you. Because if the preacher's afraid to teach on it, you know, not to get more money. Come on. Not to get more money. But so you'll break out of the limitations. And, amen. And be blessed. And be a blessing. And qualify for God's best blessing. 
Some of you got some land coming into your hands. Some of you got some houses coming into your hands. Whoa, come on. The blessing of the Lord coming into your hands. And people say, how did that happen? You say, it's amazing grace. I can tell you it's just amazing grace. <laughs> Whoa, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Everybody take your offering envelope. Whenever you're finished, bring it up here and give and act like the Bible is true. Hallelujah. I said, come on up here and give and act like the Bible's true. Praise the Lord. Pastor Terry's going to sing something. Go ahead and shout like you got a harvest coming in. Woo! Glory to God. Praise the Lord. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.